You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour, barely keeping up. But to cruise through challenges, you need someone who's right there with you. That's what Dell Technologies advisors do. They have the tech advice you need to get past whatever's in front of you and get to where you want to go. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. You wind up yelling at soccer games. Can't, uh, you're big and strong in her. Put right. her on the ground. You start, you start, you start talking like that. Oh, <laughs> and then and then you start, you start talking like this. I ain't coming west. The plane fly east. Here's my address. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast, episode 183. As always, thank you so much for finding your way back to the side hustle. Always a good, smart move, and especially today, because I am pumped and hyped to welcome the return of a great friend and a jungle favorite, Trevor Price. You know Trevor is a two-time Super Bowl champ with the Broncos and my old partner and sidekick on the RPO Podcast. You also know him as a dude who is funny and entertaining as hell. It is pretty much impossible not to have a good time when you get together and chop it up with Trevor. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right at it. Episode 183 with my guy Trevor Price is coming at you right now. So this week's guest is no stranger to our pods. In fact, he and I did a legendary NFL podcast back in the day. He was a legend on and off the field when he played the game, an extremely well-respected player in the record industry back in the day. He now has his own studio. He continues to produce award-winning content on a daily basis. You know who I'm talking about. There's nobody like this dude. My man is making his triumphant return to the pod, Trevor Price. Trevor, my man. How you doing, Trev? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm living as only I can. Foul. <laughs> as always listen seriously how, but by the way aside from foul how are you living how is your fam how is your business it's oh, been yeah. a minute bring me up to date yeah oh that's good man uh the studio is rock and roll we're, we're set up in baltimore and uh east baltimore the city of baltimore is giving me this part of the city i'm like prop joe like east baltimore belongs to me <laughs> right 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 so yeah you know the studio is up and running we have about 70 people working here Dude, um, we're wow. working on a bunch of color parts spinoffs. We're working on something in Nickelodeon I can't talk about. Uh, so everything's fine. The kids are good. You know, you know, my youngest daughter goes to University of Washington and played soccer last year. That was something else. You tell know me, what I mean? so, tell me, what was that like? You know, it was funny because you know Baltimore to DC. I mean, Baltimore to Seattle. You go from water to water. And I used to talk about that all the time in football. Say, so, you know, when people travel like that. Especially you go back and forth in a football team, you get really worn out. But she got there and she was like, peace out, everybody. And I was like, where is my daughter? I don't even know where she is. But she enjoyed it, man. And they made the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. So we went to North Carolina, saw them play. It was great, man. The pandemic was, you know, terrible. But other than that, it was like, you know, I got a, I got a kid in Seattle. And I love Seattle. You know, I, I'll tell you a story. I tried to force a trade to Seattle. What when happened? In Denver. Tell me. I, I did. I was like, you know, they were like, okay, we don't know what we'll do about your salary. I was like, trade me to Seattle. I'm going to Seattle. They were like, why Seattle? I said, I don't know. Just trade me to Seattle. And they wouldn't do it. 
They didn't do it. I was going to say, Trevor, why Seattle? But I you... don't know. I don't. You know what it is? Because I, I like darkness. <laughs> Dude, you. I would say never change, but you. You obviously won't, and you haven't. All right. So, <laughs> and on top of that, like, so you're employing seventy people in that studio. Yeah. Well, we started with we started with ten, grew to seventy very quickly, and we'll be at. No, no lie, we'll be at 200 people for it in the year. I, I did not know making movies took so many people. Right. So other than that, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm learning the business I go in. And, Jim, here's a, here's a new thing I do now. So you talk to, like, Hollywood people, you know, like, you know, the distributors and whatnot, and they ask you, hey, when you coming to L.A.? I'm like, I'm not. Planes fly east. Here's my address. Hmm. So if anytime you want, I'm always here. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and they too much, to dude. Up. And how, and, how, and how in this town, how does that go? Because you're right. I know how that goes here. When are you coming to L.A.? And you're like, I'm not. Planes fly east. What do they say when you tell them that? Oh, oh, they go, they go. okay, Mr. Big Shot. I'm like, look, I ain't got time for this. You know, maybe we, we can zoom this thing up or you can come see the operation for yourself. But to have the ego to say, I'm going to take out my time of my day and I'm running a studio come fly to sit with you for you to tell me no i'm like tell me no over the phone you can text me a no you know what i mean but uh, you know my thing is look if you see it you'll like it and i mean that's with anything i'm not talking about my studio i'm talking about with football basketball baseball you gotta go see a recruit you just don't say hey why don't you come here and do the camp no you come see me play you know what i mean so it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of you have to see it to believe it so that's a, that's a tact I've taken. Well, and it, it, it's worked. Jim, it, it's worked. Yeah, I know. It does work for you. That does work for you. It sounds to me a little bit like a junk measuring contest, but uh, I can see what that, that works you. for you. Oh, no, no. That works for me the best. I'm like, look, I, 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 I'm not going to say well, that, that, one, man. I, told, I set I told, you up for that shit. Yeah, let me tell you something. I told one big executive, I said, the first time you come to Baltimore will be the only time you come to Baltimore. And he never came. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Trevor, why, like you said, that part of the city, they set you up. They gave you that chunk of the city. You could do business anywhere, and I know you had a good time in Baltimore. Why did you post up there? You know you know something? People ask me all the time. So, number one, there's art school here, right? So, there's MICA, Maryland Institute of College of Art, and they teach the stuff I need. They teach 2D animation. They teach 3D mm, animation. Smart. But it's also a tech language that's spoken here, right? So, my thing was, look, I need to find a place that has both. And I can kind of marry the two a little bit, right? And plus, the building I'm in, the you know, part of the city I'm in is being revitalized and all that kind of thing. So they were like, hey, what do you want? I was like, I want to put my name in lights above the city. They were like, go ahead. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Dude, you're too Great. much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing around at all. I, no, I know. I have nothing. You know, at this point, I've raised money, and I'm like, I have nothing to lose. This is someone else's money. So I'm going to go ahead and go nuts. No, I know. Listen, let me ask you this then. You got two different endeavors completely that I'm going to point out. But what's more satisfying at this point? Well, period. Beating the crap out of the guy in front of you and competing and winning at the highest level athletically or creating, selling, producing, and marketing product the way you do right now. You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this and people think I'm nuts. It's the second. Yep. Here's why. I was born like this. You know what I mean? Like I was born, you know, at, at, at my size or any, look at a basketball team, right? NBA basketball team. You are the mistake in life. Like how are you supposed to get all the size and the coordination? That's not fair. 
what about the rest of us? You know, the average height is 5'10 or whatever it is. So I, I came out the womb like this. So there's nothing I could do. My, my, my muscles fire differently. You know, the, you, your, your nervous system acts differently, and you're just bigger than everybody else. So that, that's, that's a gift. The other thing I have to do is now I have to work at it. And, and no bullshit, Jim, it is competing, right? So my thing is always like, I am better than you only because I'm better than you. Not because, you know, we play an opinion-based sport, a sport like the great poet laureate Drake, right? We play an opinion-based sport, and the opinion of most people is my thing is good and yours is bad. And I, I, I take that same football thing in every meeting with me, Jim, and it, it rubs some people the wrong way. I'm not going to lie to you, and I don't care. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. No, I get that. I get that. But, I mean, I mean, what I'm hearing from you, Trevor, you've always said this. Like, you realize, all right, I've got certain genetic gifts. I might have won that genetic lottery. It'd be pretty foolish for me not to take advantage of that. But, I mean, artistically, do you not have those same gifts? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think because I love doing it, you, you develop it if you love doing it, right? And, and, and what I've started doing, like, you know, me and my son went and saw Black Widow, right? So me and him and my, and my wife saw Black Widow. And as the movie is playing, I'm reciting what they're going to say next before they say it. Right? And he's like, he's like, Dad, you got to stop doing that. And I'm like, I'm a writer. I know what they're going to say because you have to do certain things. You know what I mean? And I think it's practice, man. It's just like everything else is practice. I didn't have to practice football. No lie. I didn't have to practice it because I was like, look, I run fast. What? Like Lamar Jackson didn't run the 40. I run fast. Look at the tape. <laughs> what else do you need to know? I mean, Trevor, like, did you, last thought about that, did you love the game? Did you love football the way you love this? I did. Because it, it was, again, it was, it was kind of asshole in me. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, like I didn't stretch. You know what I mean? They, everybody would be in the line stretching. And it, ask any team I play for, they'd you know, stand there in the back. And I'm like, you know, a cheetah doesn't stretch before you go chase your dinner. I ain't stretching. I, I ain't got to do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> no lie. Right? So it was some of that kind of, I was born more gifted than you, so I'm going to show you how gifted I am. And this is something that it drove me all my life. It drove me all my life. What? Not, not, what drove you all your life? Is that, that idea that, that I was more I'm special a- athletically than everybody else. Were you? I, oh, no, athletically, absolutely. And he, and he said I was better at football. I said athletically, oh, yeah. I was a different, I was a different... No, it was different. Jim, I ran the hurdles in high school right. in Florida Yeah, yeah. at 250 pounds. No, no, I know, dude. You, you were kind of freakish. You were freakish. Yeah, but what, Trevor, when you first got to the NFL, like you were always, like you knew. You knew you were special. You knew you were different. When you first got to an NFL camp and you looked around and there were a bunch of other people who thought that they were better than everybody else, what was that like? Did you still know or was there a oh, wake-up oh, call no. for a minute? Th- th- no, that first one, that, no, that was a wake-up call. No lie. That first year was like, why is everybody so big? You know, you go from Clemson and playing against NC State and they're 280-pound linemen. I walked in the locker room. I remember the first day I walked in the Denver Broncos locker room. I saw the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. His name was Brian Habib. I was like, what is this? 
He was a guard, right? And he was big and he was strong and he was mean as all hell, right? My first year, all kinds of problems. They traded him to Seattle. My next year, I was like, oh, I'm lining up on Brian, <laughs> right? And it's just, you get to that point, that second year, and it happens to everybody, right? You get that point that second year, you're like, oh, I get it now. And then by the time I got to my third and fourth year, I, like, they would weigh me. I didn't have a weight. <laughs> I didn't have a weight to weigh in. They were like, oh, he's 320. Oh, he's 290. It doesn't, like, it didn't matter. At that point, I was like, okay, this is, this, it's a little bit different. And then you get old. Then it turns back to what it was. Why is everybody so big? So, you know, once a man, twice a child. It was insane, man. And what I went through was insane in 14 years. Dude, Habib, like that was a scary dude, right? Like, were you oh. even afraid of that guy when you met him? Oh, absolutely. When I walked in the locker room the first day, I was like, "What am I?" I was like, "Ain't no way." I was like, "That doesn't look right." He had he had like twelve abs. The man yeah. was three hundred and forty pounds. Right. I was like, I've never seen nothing like this. And I gave him hell the next year. You did? Oh, I gave him hell. Oh my god. Oh my god. He'll tell you. So 14 years of that, man, how, how would you even summarize your 14 years in the NFL? Like, what was that like? Um, it was a blur. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm looking at, like, like, Tom Brady right now, right, and Aaron Rodgers and all these, uh, you know, guys that are getting, Ben Roethlisberger, guys that are getting older, and I'm going, it's hard to let it go. Because you know, what, you know why it's hard? Because of that same thing. I was gifted these gifts, and it doesn't really matter my age. But it does, and it's hard to walk away. But I started playing for retirement the day I got drafted. The day I was in my first camp, I was like, I don't know how long I can do this. I got to do something else, all right? So that's why I started doing all this stuff in the offseason. But it, it was – it goes by so quick. And here's the other thing, Jim, but it's that thing I learned. It doesn't leave you at first. But I was, I was, so my memory is really good. For some reason, my memory is really good. And remember T.J. Husmanzada? Sure. All right, so T.J. Husmanzada was on – he was on some some TV show or some or, or he was doing an NFL thing, and I guess he has a daughter that plays softball, and he was talking about how he couldn't turn off the uh, the competitive nature, and he said something that I've been through. He's like he was like you know I was a little too much. <laughs> he was <laughs> on the sideline, and I was like yeah I know that feeling, I know that feeling because this is what I was Jim, and and I I, I hate doing this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. So my middle daughter's a soccer player, right? So my kids are big and athletic and strong like me. She's a forward, right? She's playing DA soccer and whatever, whatever. I'm the dad screaming this. No lie. Cameron, you're bigger and stronger than her. Push her down and go score. Like, I'm screaming in front of, the, in front of these people's parents. Right. Like, I was that guy. Right. You know what I mean? And it, was, and it was just natural to me. And she'd be mortified. Yeah, right. And my wife would be like, what is wrong with you? These are little girls. I'm like, it doesn't matter. She's bigger and stronger than them. You know what I mean? And I had to, Jim, I had to get rid of that. And it doesn't leave until later on in life. And then it left me, and I was like, no, I cheer for everybody. You know what I mean? But it doesn't, you don't get rid of, 14 years in the NFL, you don't get rid of that. And you know, and the other thing is, Jim, I had no friends. Everybody was my enemy. And it was an edge you had to have, right? Like, I could care less about teammates. I am out here for me. <laughs> And I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make that play or to do this or to do that. It was, it's, it's weird. And once, and once it washes away, it washes away. So that, that was my 14 years. Wow, Trevor. You're fucked up, man. No, um, I'm an I'm a absolute, absolute mess. 
that's why I'm good at telling stories. Oh, no, dude, you're the best at that. You were always good at that. Like, when you... The, the thing is, and Howie Long once said this to me, you're right, like it's when it's over, it's still in you, but when it's in you and you're in it, you can take it out on the guy in front of you, but when you no longer have that and it's still in you, what's your outlet? How do you take what's it out? What's your outlet? You, you, you wind up yelling at soccer games. Can't, uh, you're big and stronger than her. Put right. her on the ground. You start, like, start, you start talking like that. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, and then you, start, you start talking like this. I ain't coming west. The planes fly east. Here's my address, dude, and it never leaves you, man. Trevor, this this is so great. Like you and I, we haven't talked in a minute or two, and now we've talked for about twenty minutes about nothing and everything. I, I haven't even asked you a pointed football question yet. <laughs> this is just what we do, man. This is what we do. You, you, you know what? You're you're really funny, and you're a great dude, even if you have no friends, and I'll be your friend. But, like, when you played, you would still do some media. Like, you would do my show, and you always had this kind of a hard edge, but not not, not with that giant smile that you have right now, but you still would do it. Like, what did you think about media when you played the game? Would you, how did you approach doing media? It, yeah, so that, that was strange, too. So it was. Uh, let, let, me, let me talk to you about afterwards. After I retired, you know, right, so I've, like every tired of football player, you know, you wind up with agents and hey, you'll be great on TV. So I was like, okay, right? So I wind up working for NBC. I wind up working for NBC in D.C., like the regular NBC affiliate, not even affiliate, like a real NBC. I had like an NBC Comcast email and all this type of thing. And they were like, yo, you know, you have to go to the Redskins locker room and hold a mic and interview players. I'm like, I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm not effing doing that, right? <laughs> but then I realized, but, but as, that, as that moment I realized, how hard that job is. It was that very moment. Cause I was like, if I don't go down there, I will have nothing to talk about later or nothing to write. So Jim, one day I just didn't go back to work. <laughs> hmm. I didn't go back. Right. I was like, it was like a Tuesday. I was like, eh, I'm not going. But then I never went back. You know what I mean? And so I realized how hard the media job is. Cause you know, I remember one time I was writing for the New York times. So I, I knew, I knew the editor in New York times and I wrote a, um, a piece on Francis Tiafo, the tennis player, right? About how he grew up at the tennis center and him and his brother slept there. And now Francis is top 40 in the world and his dad was a janitor. It was, it was a great thing. Like, he was talking about, talking about making a movie out of the article. And nobody knew in NFL I wrote the article. Nobody knew in tennis that I wrote the article. But you look at the, the article, it says, by Trevor Price. Like, somebody gave me a tip to him. He played at um, um, the uh, College Park, right? The tennis center at College Park. Sure. So... <laughs> The New York Times are like, yo, we need more of this. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you, there's, there is nothing else. Hey, this is it. There is nothing else. This is it. It gets no better than this. It's, it's, uh, the next thing I wrote was about the combine and how they need to have linemen wrestle rather than run. Then I was like, I'm out. I am done. So I'm not, so when you take that to, to an everyday thing, I look back now and I go, I wish I'd have been better to the media. I wish I'd have been better because as soon as they, as soon as they walked in, most of us would just get up and leave. You know what I mean? But it's a hard job. But it's also hard enough as well. It's kind of like, you know, asking the same question I've been asked. Yeah, because I need to put something on paper or on this effing camera or else I don't have a job. You know what I mean? So I look back and now I'm like, I wish I was better at that. So I did it, but I did it out of obligation rather than trying to be decent to people. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was the edge. 
You know, it's, that edge, man. That, it's, it's weird, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. You Because you did. Like, you and I are having, well, we're friends. But I remember when you were a player, and I remember thinking, fucking Trevor Price is in studio, which is, this is a different dude, man. This is kind of a scary dude, and he's got a real <laughs> edge. But I knew, I knew, like, you were a brilliant guy and a brilliant player. And I remember thinking, man, there's something he must respect about me or he wouldn't be here, but he definitely has Absolutely. an edge. There, you definitely have an edge. You had an edge. You had, you, you, you had, to, you had to have it. Man, you know, it was, it's kind of like being in a prison. Like, you you don't protect yourself, you will get hurt. Right. You will get hurt. Right. No, I I get this. I understand this. Trevor, you, I got to talk to you about sports at some point before you go. Are you, (laughs) are you an Olympics guy? You are a huge fan of sports. I know you like the Olympics. It's a different situation this year. Are you watching them? And what have you made of what you've seen so far? So I love nothing more than I love sports. That's no bullshit. And everybody knows me knows that. There is nothing, Jim, more riveting to me on TV in the spring than the NCAA softball playoffs. None of my kids play softball. I've never been to a softball game. But when you go, when you look at, you know, in Oklahoma or, or I think it was UCLA and Oklahoma were playing in the Super Regional or whatever it was, just the attitude and just the, <clears throat> the, the vibe and just the, the crowd, and it is, it's like being at a rock a rock concert. Right Trevor, now, Trevor, Trevor, are you Trevor, are you fucking with me right now? No, I'm not. I'm not. I I love watching it. Not that I know anything about softball, but I'm like, and I have daughters, Jim. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to. Uh, you got to support women's sports, and that's why I do that. I, I, don't time, get me wrong, like, dude, I I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to, to mock it or clown it. I like it no, as I'm well. Here. I like it as well. And there is an intensity to it. And I've I've gone to like softball practices. Man, the way they drill, it's never it's, been. It's I've really been. compelling to I see. No but I'm curious why you think it's like the best thing you've ever seen. I I, I think it's because I think it's because um, the girls treat it a little different. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's a little more appreciation. Um, I see a little more appreciation in them, and I see a little more appreciation in the, in the crowd watching it. I mean, you had a, you had a college softball game, there's 30,000 people. Are you for real? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me. So, so the other night, USA is playing, I forget who they're playing. I think it might, might have Brazil. I think their first game. Nobody's there, Jim. Nobody's there. I can't watch it. I can't watch any of the Olympics, man. There's no crowds. I was looking forward to the synchronized swimming and the diving, and the things you don't ever see on TV. And, and because there's no crowd, it doesn't look like a real sport. None of it does. And believe me, I know it's a real sport. I know how hard all that stuff is, right? But because there's no crowd, I just have a really hard time tuning in. And I, I want to do nothing but watch it, but I can't. It's just not the same. You know, and I am an Olympics guy. Believe me, I want to watch track and feet. All of it, the BMX, the skate. I was looking for I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're going to open this thing up in Japan. Close it down. So, wh- why not cancel it? You know what I mean. I don't know. I I don't know the well, answer. You, you, I just know, you know the answer to that. We know the answer to that. Money, I of do. course. Yeah. You know. But, you know they spent billions of dollars. They can't. You know. You know. I think everybody's stuck between a rock and a hard place. But it's hard to watch them. I'm an Olympics guy. The soccer game, the women's soccer team. Nobody was out there. That's why they lost. They lose because Sweden's good, but there was no energy in the stadium. It was like being at a practice, being at a scrimmage. And like all people, all athletes, they got old overnight. Right? <laughs> so they lost. 
Well, what about like every other sport though? Like, you know, every, every NBA player, every NFL player, everybody that I talk to are like, we have to bring our own juice. Is it because these athletes are not used to this? They don't know. Like, how is it different than every other athlete and every other sport in a pandemic that had to play in front of no crowd? I think because that, because the Olympics happens once every four years, yeah. right? So it's one right. thing if, a, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs are playing in front of 10,000 people, you know, that's just this year. Next year they won't. So it's kind of like this is odd. This is a one-time thing. But we get to do this 365 days from now. They're not doing this again for 1,300 days. You know what I mean? So it's, I think that's what it is because this, this is a once every four years thing. They, they don't know how to adjust to it. And it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough for all of them, to be honest. All right. So, Trevor, the, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers. That came up. Now, you, you were so far out in front of this. Years ago, on our podcast, on my radio program, you were saying things like, I'm telling you, Jim, I'm telling you, he hates the coach. He hates the coach. I'm like, Trevor, how can you say that? They just met. In fact, let me go back to 2019. You actually said this, Trevor, on our radio program. Listen. Can we say the most truthful thing in the world? Aaron Rodgers hates that guy. Can we just be honest? And I am not talking about Jim. I'm not talking about the uh, the, the exchange on the sideline, right? Where they were getting after each other, and yelling each other's face. I'm talking about the things he says in the paper. Anytime your head, your coach, your your quarterback says about your coach, "Hey, if you're friends with Sean McVay, they'll give you a job," and your head coach happens to be a friend of Sean McVay who got that job because he was in the Rams staff, you are saying something. You are saying something. Watch Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Hug it out with Mike Bettini, with the defensive corner, the defensive coordinator who was in Baltimore with me and in the Jets with me. Watch how Aaron Rodgers talks to this guy. What you cannot do, what these team GMs and owners cannot do, is give an old, cranky man like Aaron Rodgers a kid for a coach. You cannot do that. That was, uh, listen to me right now. Clones, everybody listen. That is going to burn down, and I don't care how many games they win. All right, so. Trevor, that was in 2019 <laughs> you said that. That shit is burning down right now. But my question to you, is it the coach? Is it the GM? What exactly is going on? Because something is on fire. It's the coach, man. It, he's obviously a brilliant coach. There, there's no debating that. There is no denying that. But Aaron Rodgers is as petty as it comes. And everybody that knows him knows that. I was like, I've sacked Aaron Rodgers, right? He doesn't mind being hit. He doesn't mind being sacked. He doesn't get up and, you know, I, like I've hit Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning gets up complaining, like, ooh, where the hell's the guard? And, you know, carrying on. Aaron Rodgers doesn't mind that. Let me tell you what Aaron Rodgers minds. He minds having some, a, 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 what looks like a 22-year-old telling him what to do. I am Aaron Rodgers. I was doing this before you went through puberty. You cannot, I, I stand by that statement, man. You cannot give Aaron Rodgers, who, who, who has, who we know is that kind. He still harbors the draft night. You know what I mean? So he has this thing. You have to give him somebody older than him that looks like an uncle or a grandfather or somebody with some gray hair. You don't do that. And then, and then you sure as shit don't tell him we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. And then he goes to there and be, I mean, he plays like an MVP. He was like, oh, watch this. He planned this from the very beginning. I'm going to have my best year, and then as soon as, I'm, as soon as I'm done with it, I'll be like, peace out, everybody. I'm not coming back. I don't know what the contract was they offered him, but as soon as, as, soon as he said that, I was like, he's never playing in Green Bay again. Watch. 
he is he is as petty and and angry as they come. Him and Tom Brady, both of them just angry as all hell. Neither of them can play golf. They're just angry men. So, I mean, do you respect it? And they're running on a different kind of fuel. They're two of the best to ever do it. When you say petty, you make it sound like he's butthurt or he's not manning up. I mean, you make it sound like a really bad, negative thing. Do you mean it like that? I do. He is butthurt. I mean, they, Jim, they drafted a kid to replace him and didn't tell him. And the kid, and, and you know, shouldn't yeah, but but shouldn't they? Yeah, but Trevor, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they at least say, "Hey, listen, dude." I mean, as a matter of respect and protocol, Absolutely. should they not say, "This is what we're going to do," so you're not caught off guard, and we do afford you that respect? You are the best Absolutely. we've ever had. And they did it, and I'm gonna tell you why they didn't. Because the coach doesn't like him either. Again, remember, you're talking about two men, right? It's not just Aaron Rodgers. The coach is like, "Yeah, I can do it. With the, I don't need him." Why? Why are you not him. bringing the GM into this? I mean, don't don't you think it's the GM? I do, but you know, the coach has to say, "I need another quarterback." I need I need a court. We need a quarterback You're like Aaron Rodgers. There's a reason they picked this kid, and it's not succession. It was like, no, Aaron's not getting it done, kind of thing. You know, Aaron Rodgers is thir- he was 37 when they picked him. Wasn't he? Wasn't that old? He was 36. Right, so there has to be. There's a reason they did that. Yeah, but he was. But he was getting it done when they picked him, though. They were close. They were yeah, close. But so why they why they pick him? Yeah, why that's what, the first I, I'd like to know. That that that's been Me my too. question the whole time. That's my. That's, that's going to be. And and here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers know why they picked him. He's in the building. He knows why they picked him. I don't know the GM. I just know when I look at the sideline, and I watch Aaron Rodgers and the head coach interact. It does not look good. <laughs> it looks like Aaron Rodgers. He. He, he's tolerating this dude. You know what I mean? And I would guess, my guess is, they didn't ask Aaron Rodgers who he wanted as a coach. They were like, oh, we need to go into the future. Sean McVay, this dude, hey, go get it. Yeah, you know what I and think? Comes in. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think they ask him anything, and I think that's no. why they're in this position, man. By the way, you, you yourself said it. Trevor, if you're special, if you're different, they treat you differently, and they should. We know this. You got to manage relationships. Stars get preferential treatment. Come on, man! Don't treat this guy yeah. like he's another guy. He's not. He's not. Hey, I had an old coach, George Dyer, one of my favorite people in the world. Said, "You will all be treated fairly. You will not all be treated equally." Right. <laughs> Fair. Right. That, that is okay. I get it. And they did not treat him equally. They 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 try to treat him like everybody else. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. You don't do that. So you agree you know with what I mean? So you agree with there's some, me. There's some people. I knew you you'd come around to my way. point of view. I knew you'd come around to you with this. Dude. I knew it. I knew <laughs> I it told at some you point. This. I don't remember you call. Yeah, you remember you called me crazy. You're like crazy. I'm like, nope. Watch. Oh no, you're crazy, Trev. That hasn't changed. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Was that right? But I was right though. Be, well, no, but. <laughs> Let me ask something real quick. So, like, Steve Atwater is getting set to go to the Hall of Fame, and that's a former teammate of yours. How fierce a dude was he? What was he like to play with? Um, nicest guy in the world. Yeah, right? I, I was but, like that, that. Yeah, but, you know, what was happening behind me was kind of like, look, is he coming or not? If he's coming, let me get my back out of the way. Like that, like that friendly that's fire shit? Was, that friendly oh, fire shit? That, and he wore them big-ass linebacker pads. He, oh, my God, somebody's about to get hurt. But he was the greatest dude I, I'm talking about. You, you know, they say that about Mike Tyson. Like, he's a decent human being. And, like, you know, Mike Tyson was on our, uh, our CBS show. And we said something to him. He's like, I don't want to punch nobody. That's what Steve was when he wasn't playing. And Steve wasn't a vocal guy. He wasn't a vocal lead. Like, he wasn't. He was quiet. Hellfire and brimstone. He just wasn't. 
But Lord of mercy, man. Oh, my God. Some of the hits he laid on people, man. I mean, even when he was old, even his last year in Denver, you just go, well, okay, man, you have a screw loose. Greatest person in the world, though. In the world. Hey, Trevor, you, some of your friends, well, you have no friends. You told me as None. much. Dude, you sound like you, you're lucky. You're lucky. You played the game 14 years. I think 10 of those years you played every single game. Your faculties are intact. I don't, I'm not trying to get all serious on you. Are you at all concerned about what you're going to be like cognitively in 10 or 15 years? Because you, you sound great right now. And then what's it like when you get around guys you played with and you see guys really struggling? You know, I, I don't have that that problem with me like i just i just know i just don't think i'm going to you know what i mean because physically um i don't know why again jim i don't know why but i never got really hurt like i never tore acl and one year i wanted to one year i was like i need to get off right so i've never torn i've never i've never done that to my body you know what i mean i've had back surgery i've had wrist surgery those are the two injuries i've had i've had one half lazy concussion um kind of got my bell wrong once and I was like I'm gonna go sit down for two days they're like fine do whatever you want so I don't have that I don't but I just you know we have a lot of old players now we have all these text groups so I'm in two of them I'm one with the Broncos and I'm one with the with the Ravens and our defensive coordinator my first two years Greg Robinson he's in a he's having like um those kind of issues right now right he, I think he has dementia and he's only 60 three years old or something like that. He's an assisted living kid. And he just go, he just go, what the hell? Right? Because Greg was a defense coordinator. Yelled at me for three straight years. Right? And now he has dementia. And, and life just comes at you so weird when that's happening. And stuff that happened with Justin Bannon. And you, you just go on like, and, and all of a sudden you start going, <laughs> you start getting these texts like, hey, pray for so-and-so. It's like, what? He he plays fullback for us. We didn't even pray for him, you know. And so everybody ages, man. You just start to get, you know, like my parents say. You know, when you get older, all you go to is you do, when you're young, you go to weddings. You old, you go to funerals. And I'm like, holy shit, that sucks. <laughs> but it's, it, it's happening, you know. You start to see it. Um, I I don't have those problems because I'm lucky that way. Just the way my you know my body was built and took care of myself. Like Neil Smith used to say, you know, don't burn the candle at both ends. You know, what I mean, it's one side or the other. So I never burn a candle both ends, so I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's it's a football thing, and then it's a life thing, and I don't want to get too heavy, but I saw you tweet this the other day. You said something to the effect of, man, it sucks looking at old pictures, right? Like, yeah. shit, like, it's time, man. That fucking clock, Trevor. How do we? How do you slow that clock down? That thing is spinning so fast. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I think you... What I've learned to do, though... But, uh, so I see old pictures of myself. I'm like, why is my face massive like that? And in the gym, I was fat. Let me tell you something. My last year in New York, oh, holy cow, I was so big. I'm not that, you know, I've, I've, I've lost weight now. And I'm, I'm kind of halfway fit now. Um, but you also start to see, you have to start, start to go, okay, I, I keep myself busy. So my studio keeps me busy because I'm, I'm here all effing day. Um, so that's how I slow it down by doing something, by looking forward to something else every day. Trevor, what are you doing for uh, weight loss? Are you cardio? Are you playing tennis? Are you oh, riding a bike? Man, listen, what are you doing? My, my te- I play. Okay, so my my second to last year in Denver, I mean in Baltimore, I I, I found the joy of a weight vest. So I have a forty five pound weight vest, and there's a wall up at the park, and I go hit tennis balls as hard as I can. 
against that wall <laughs> oh my God. while wearing 45-pound weight. It's, it's a thing. That, that, that's your workout? That's my workout. 45-pound weight vest, hard as I can. As hard as I can. And my body just turns and cranks the tennis ball as hard. And now I have like, I have like half an ab. Which I've never had before. I'm like, oh, look at that! Look at me! Somebody take a picture of me and my shirt off. You know, so and then you know, I'm I'm eating better, less beer. Um, running around. My son is a baseball player and a football player, so I'm kind of trying to help him figure it out. And I'm I have something to do every minute of my day, including talk to Jim Rome. I love it, dude. So before you go, you I I forgot that you were a beer guy. Are you a cocktail guy? So I you know I got in I got into scotch. So I'm okay, so yeah, I'm dude, me too. Lately, lately, I never, I yeah. thought, I always thought that scotch tasted like ass, but lately I've been <laughs> into it. Tell me. Right, right. So, so I got into scotch, and um, I remember a couple years ago, like probably 2014, 2015, they, um, they, they, everybody all of a sudden wanted Yamazaki sherry cask, right? Yamazaki's a, um, a Japanese whiskey. And some dude, like the whiskey guy around the world was like, here's the greatest whiskey ever made, Yamazaki sherry cask. Couldn't find it nowhere. You couldn't find it anywhere in America. I found two bottles of it, and the story is I know people that kill people, so I got two bottles of it from Germany, right? right. So, <laughs> the, two, the two bottles were sent to me. They were smuggled into the country as olive oil, and they were sent to me. So I've, I've, at this point, I'm drinking scotch a lot. I, I open it up, Jim. I take a sip, and my effing throat closes. Huh. My, my throat's like, yeah, I don't want this. I mean, I've drank, I have drank some of the nastiest shit on planet Earth, but for some reason I couldn't drink that. Drank that shit anyway. You know how much a bottle of that crap costs now? Tell me. Like $10,000. For real? Oh my gosh, I, I should have never drank it. I didn't even enjoy it, Jim. I didn't even enjoy it. Yeah, but you, you did it because you couldn't get it. Of course, that's why you chased it. But so, like, you didn't like that or you don't like scotch or you are a scotch guy. I'm a little confused. A, a little bit. Of, a, a, I'm a scotch guy when it, the occasion calls for it, right? Uh-huh. So, you know. You, you know, remember when LeBron really got into like this happened to me. So LeBron had got into wines and he right. was like, it, it, buy those expensive wines." Here's what happens to him. It's going to happen to him. Mark my words. One day you're going to wake up and say, "I just want a Coors Light." <laughs> right? <laughs> That's where I am now. Dude. I just want a regular beer. I don't want currants and black pepper in my beer. I just want beer. You know what I mean? I'm a grown up. I'm a grown ass man. I've done that. I just want a beer. You know what it is? It's kind of like, I, I've gone around on that. Let's end it on this, Trevor. It's, it's kind of a, a caloric thing, right? Like we get older, it's harder to lose the weight. I used to be a big Heineken guy. Now it feels kind of heavy. Like I, we started, we, bought, we built a house in northern Wisconsin of all places because right. we've got a friend there and my kid goes to school in Wisconsin. Right. Like literally, I've taken a drinking Mick Ultras. Never, ever would have done that. <laughs> But you know why? Because, like, I get off the Peloton. I don't want to give back what I just earned. And you want something right. in your hand, right? You got to pick your spots. Right. Uh, uh, Corona Light and Amstel Light. I, 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 my wife, one, one Christmas, my wife bought me um, Beer of the Month Club. Jim, the shit that showed up at my house was, <laughs> could clean your toilet. I was like, <laughs> what is this? And they're like, oh, here's a black and tan. But here's only the black part. I don't want that. That's such. Oh, here's only the tan part. I don't know what that looks like. Piss. What is this? Right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not drinking all this, man. I, I want a Michelob. No, not even Michelob. Just give me a Michelob. I want a Coors Light and a Budweiser. Right? 
and it happens to all Fucking of us when we age. It's amazing. I'm telling you, man. I know. I, ne- I never thought. I, I was always like, like, oh man, no, nothing domestic, <laughs> nothing domestic. I'll take a Mick Ultra. Oh God, uh, man. So, I mean, you yeah, peanut Trevor, butter brittle beer. I don't fucking want that. Dude, we've we've come full circle. All we want, I just got to find a way. And I know that planes do travel east. I got to get you out here one more time so you and I can drink a fucking Mick Ultra. That that I will do. But I will not do is go to Warner Brothers and hang out in their, their lobby. Not going there. I will come drink Michelob with you, though. Dude, my man, I get that. Respect. Trevor, this... Dude, I miss you. I love you. I got no problem saying that. At this point in my life, I got no problem telling the people I love that I love them. I love you. I love this conversation. I am so glad that you and I could come together and do this, man. We go way back, though, so it had Absolutely. to be done. Uh, every, every day. Anytime, man. I'm, I'm sitting around here doing nothing. I'm about That's to go not true. walk. That's not I'm true. Like, I'm, I mean, I, I'll put it like this. I can't draw, so everybody else can't draw. So I'm like, when you're done drawing, let me know. I go, <laughs> I go, I go play tennis with a weight vest on. <laughs> <laughs> to develop that half ab. My man, you are the absolute half best. Ab. We'll do it again soon, Trevor. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much, dude. Absolutely, babe. I'm telling you, this guy really is one of one. They do not make them like Trevor anymore. In fact, they never did. My man is sharp. He's hilarious. He's honest. And we covered an absolute bleep ton of ground. I am stoked and honored to call him a friend. It was great to get caught up with him. I've missed him so much. If you want to hear more conversations like this one, make sure you subscribe. That way, when episode 184 drops, it will find you, and you will not have to go looking for it anywhere. Then all you have to do is sit back, listen, and enjoy.